0: The middle class is trying to avoid fear. I grew up in the middle class, okay? And and the whole premise of the middle class is I want to be comfortable. Comfort is not where your growth is. So fear is an indication and should be a desired state, not one that you avoid, but one that you actually embrace.
1: Welcome to the San Antonio Business and Real Estate Podcast, where you'll find intelligence and inspiration to fuel your success. Welcome to episode 001 of the San Antonio Business and Real Estate Podcast. My name is Ben Sanders and today we have a very special guest who I'm really excited about. He's the CEO of Cardone Capital, international speaker, entrepreneur, New York Times best-selling author and creator of 21 best-selling business programs. Grant Cardone owns and operates several privately held companies and a $1.4 billion portfolio of multifamily properties. Named the number one marketer to watch by Forbes magazine, Cardone is also the founder of the 10X Movement and the 10X Growth Conference, the world's largest business and entrepreneur conference. Let's go ahead and bring him on. Well, Grant Cardone, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Big fan of San Antonio and everything San Antonio.
1: Yeah, we are a big fan of you. Excited to have you today. So before we get too deep into the uh, technical stuff, I have to know, Uncle G, where does that nickname come from?
0: You know, it's funny. Uh, when I grew up, I, my, my dad died. I grew up in Lake Charles mm-hmm. and my dad died when I was 10. And I was telling this story one day about I was waiting for my uncles. I had three uncles and I was waiting for my three uncles to come in and save me, you know, to come in and mm-hmm. be the father, to come be the mentor right. and to come be guidance. Because I really needed it, uh, not just at 10 years old, but even, you know, through my teens, mm-hmm. early teens and late teens. And I waited ten years, and he, they never showed up. Mm. Uh, and so I said once in a seminar, I said, "You know, I'm going to be to others the uncle that my uncles weren't to me." I see. And that day, the first time I said it, it, it caught, and people started calling me Uncle G.
1: Uncle G, I love it. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, yeah, because I know you had a few road bumps early on in your life. You mentioned your dad died, and. Uh, And I know just through your story, there was some issues with drugs and, and overcoming that. And so can you talk a little bit about, you know, overcoming that rough start into the successful entrepreneur you are today?
0: Yeah. Look, when, when you're going through it, you're like, you know, you don't think it's going to ever end. Mm -hmm. I kept praying and hoping and wishing uh, on a daily basis for almost nine years from the age of 16 to 25, I had a drug problem. Mm -hmm. And really, really what I had was a purpose problem. And the drugs just kind of filled that void. It could have been, it could have been something positive, I guess. I just, I didn't, I didn't have anything I excelled at, right? I didn't have music or art or athletics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then somebody, you know, said, "Hey, try this." And the next thing you know, I'm, I'm doing more than trying it. I'm, 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 I'm living it uh, every day. No, nobody starts with the intention or goal to be a drug addict. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was extremely bored. I hated school had this unbelievable idea uh, my whole life that I was going to be somebody successful. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you had this idea, you're going to be successful and then you're not. In fact, you're completely the opposite of that, A a, a total failure. Uh, I lost six jobs. I was the black sheep of my family. Uh, nobody in my family trusted me. Uh, e- even our friends, parents, my mom was like, I was the, the dangerous kid to be around. Mm-hmm. And so you know it was miserable. It's terrible. Sixteen to twenty-five years old. Every day I'm I'm looking in the mirror thinking I'm a complete
1: failure. Right. And so then so what changed I, at twenty-five? You said twenty-five years old. So what happened at twenty-five? That
0: yeah, at twenty-five, my mom said uh, she uh, she had a little place in Lafayette, and I went to visit her one day, and I was I was on alcohol and drugs, and I was slurring my speech, and she's like, "Don't come here anymore. I, I'm done." Mm-hmm. And she finally dropped the hammer on me and said, "Hey, I'm done. Um, You got to you got to fix your life, or don't come around me." And she closed the door. and 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 less than two weeks later, I was in a treatment center for drug addiction, Mm -hmm. cleaned up at the facility, and uh, that was the turning point in my life. You know, I came home. Really, really, it was. I came home when I came home and decided, "Okay, I'm not using drugs again." Now, what am I going to do? Because you got to replace it with something else. Right. And I really turned all that negative energy into, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get great at the job I had. The job I had was a sales job in Lake Charles, and I hated it. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, I'm going to get great at this job because the reality is nobody else was going to hire me. Right. So I'm like, I'm going to get great at a job I don't even like. I don't even know where this idea came from. I think I was just inspired by 28 days of not using drugs. And sure enough, I became, not, not only would I become a great salesman, I would become, I'd reach the top 1% in my industry and then go on to start teaching other companies around the world mm-hmm. uh, how to do this thing. It, it's literally built a 30 year business out of something I hated.
1: <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty amazing to take something like that and we, turn we, it around. It could,
0: yeah. t- totally crazy. Like if you'd asked me at 29 years old, hey, what are you gonna grow up and be? I'm like, I have no clue, but it definitely won't have anything to do with sales.
1: Right. So that's interesting because you didn't like the job that you were selling cars, is that correct? Yeah, I was selling cars. You're selling cars. So you didn't like that job, but you turned it into something that you became excellent at and known for and you helped millions of people.
0: Ben, ben I hated the job. Okay. I was <laughs> No, I didn't I didn't I, I had a job as a shoe salesman. I hated it. Okay. I was I worked at McDonald's, I was fired. Like if it required me to wait on somebody and be nice to people, I was not good at it. Mm-hmm. Like if I had to try to get you to like me in order for you to buy from me, I was, it was a disaster. I did not know how to do that. No. And, and so what I did was I quit trying to do that. I quit trying to get people to like me, to buy from me. I started telling people that I wanted them to buy from me, that I was there to assist them, there to give them a price. This worked so well in the car business. It was, it, it would end up, I would become a thought leader to the auto industry. Because I would tell somebody when they came to buy a car, hey, rather than trying to like me or me trying to get you to like me, let me just show you the car you want. Let me give you a price. Let me give you a payment. Let me give you an interest rate. And you either it either works for you or it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's very transparent. Right. And um, people loved it. And then I would go on to, I would teach Nissan, Mercedes-Benz, Ford Motor Company, I would work with all these companies later on teaching them this very transparent, authentic approach. Mm
1: -hmm. Gotcha. So you said you hated the job and you hated the sales jobs. So there's a lot of people that are like, man, I hate this job. I'm going to quit. I'm going to go do something I love because life's too short to do something you don't love. Well, you took something you didn't love, you hated, and you turned it into something massive. So what would you say to people that are in a position right now that they hate? you know, moving forward and how to be successful.
0: I, I would, I would say, look, I understand that you want to like your job, but that's not really how the game works. Mm-hmm. Okay. The game, the game works like this, whether you like the game or not, you need to learn how to win at it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, don't, don't hate, don't hate the player, hate the game. Well, you need to learn how to love the game Okay, and play the game and win at the game. Some somewhere along the line in the last 20 or 30 years, you know, the middle class has been convinced that they need to love their job and they need to follow their passion. I, I, would, I would strongly advise against that. I would advise people to, if they want to take care of their families, mm-hmm. um, I would advise people to, to follow the money. Okay. You know, I think about Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos, he got into Amazon. He was working at a New York uh, a hedge fund uh, and he 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 flipped out at the hedge fund because he's like, there's going to be so much money in this online space. I forget the statistic. He saw all this traffic going to the internet, and he's like, this is going to be a massive business. And he followed the money trail. Really, you know, the guy the guys that are doing great on this planet financially follow the money. Mm-hmm. And if you make enough money, you're going to probably like your job. <laughs> It, it, it's impossible, I mean, as long as you're doing a legit job and you're not ripping people off and you feel good about what you're doing, it, it's impossible to like a job that you're not paid at. Mm-hmm. Because unlike 100, 200 years ago, your neighbor's not going to take care of you today. Right. Your, your neighbor, you know, 200 years ago when everybody knew how to farm, you could go to your neighbor and get food, but today... Your neighbor's not doing that well. 76% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. This holds true in San Antonio. It's probably a little higher than that, actually. Mm-hmm. Where almost 8 out of 10 people. Regardless of how much money they're making or how good the economy is, they're struggling. There, there's no money left over at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. So, so it would tell me that 80% of the population is doing it incorrectly.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Like chase the money, follow the money and hap- money, you know man, and work the clock yeah work the clock
0: yeah yeah and and look if you start if Le- if lebron if lebron wasn't scoring points he would not like basketball mm-hmm. and if they weren't paying him i'll bet you he'd like it less too okay not even too. though that's a
1: game yep all right so shifting gears into kind of a more real estate kind of uh question here so yeah so For our real estate investors, our kind of new real estate investors here in San Antonio, Grant, what's the most common mistake that you see with newer real estate investors?
0: Going too small. 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 Small small in real estate probably doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Unless you're gonna flip, you're gonna wholesale, you're gonna get in and out very quickly. Mm -hmm. You know, the biggest mistake I made in real estate was not buying real estate and then going too small. Okay. I went I went my first deal was one unit in Bel Air, Texas. My first deal should have been 30, 38 units. I should have not even bothered with the first one unit. Mm-hmm. People make the mistake of buying on a budget rather than buying great real estate. Right. So they look at how much money they have. They look at what they can afford. They treat real estate like they would uh, a Christmas, uh, Christmas gifts. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can spend a thousand dollars. I'm going to go buy the Christmas gifts. When you're buying real estate, this isn't, this isn't something you're going to forget about 90 days from now. It's something you're going to have. Hopefully, you're going to have nine years from now. And and the biggest mistake I made in real estate was not buying it, and number two, not not going big enough. Meaning, I needed more doors. Doors, the number of doors will get you through uh, recessions and economic contractions.
1: Right, because I know with you know more doors equals the economies of scale and all the things that go along with that in terms of like multifamily investing. Is that right?
0: Yeah. 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 So like, like I'm not talking about buying a single family house. I would not even buy a single family house if I was 25, 30 years old today, Mm -hmm. or even 50 years old. I would not have any money in a single family house. I would have all my money invested. Even if I was a real estate agent, I would sell residential real estate. I would sell homes to people if they wanted them. Um, but I would take all my commission money and invest in multifamily apartments.
1: So why multifamily? So I'm curious because, uh, you know, I, I know that you invest in multifamily commercial assets, so then I had a question, why multifamily and not some other commercial asset type like uh, retail or office?
0: Well, I, would, uh, I wouldn't touch retail with your money or anyone's money. <laughs> yeah,
1: The retail. Uh, you
0: know, it's just the Amazon's going to continue to just, just crush it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you know, the theaters are going to get crushed when streaming becomes a reality, mm-hmm. we're going there. Uh, there's going to be there's going to be a weekend soon in the future where uh, the Wonder Woman gets streamed directly to your phone and you don't have to go to a theater. It will crush shopping centers around America. Mm-hmm. Uh, the delivery of food to home, the Uber Eats is going to crush restaurants. There, there's not going to be a reason for people to go sit in a restaurant and wait for bad service. Uh, I mean, the, the great places are always going to win. Right. But but the, the, that change is going to happen now where people have to live. We are having a shift in this country where people are actually, by choice, shifting from owning homes to renting, mm-hmm. to saying, hey, all I need is a 1,100 square feet. Uh, this isn't just millennials, by the way, it's baby boomers too. So you've got about, a, about 150 million people in this, in this country that are more inclined in the future to rent and be mobile and not tie equity up or be obligated to a 30-year mortgage uh, than ever before in history. Yeah, that's why I love apartments. I love it way more than like when everybody was all excited about WeWorks. I'm like, guys, WeWorks will not work. Mm-hmm. And then, now look look where we're at with WeWorks, right? Mm-hmm. Because people can office from home, man. I can office from my car. Yep. I'm doing I'm doing this interview with you from a computer. That's you don't know where I am. Yep. A- anyway, and look, I'm risk adverse. Yep. Okay. So I know that people that are hearing this right now are like, uh, he's, you know, he's just too opinionated for me. Just, everybody needs to understand. I'm investing money the way I see fit. Okay. I'm extremely risk adverse. I do not want to lose money. I love leverage. I take $100 or $100,000 of depreciating cash. I get $300 worth of real estate that I don't want to lose. It has to cash flow for me to buy, it, regardless of what it is. These, these are the parameters in which I buy something. I can't lose money, don't want to lose money. I need cash flow the month after I buy it. I need at least five or 6%. I want to be in a great location and I don't want to be disrupted by any kind of technology. So if I check those boxes off, office, eh, maybe, maybe not. Retail, definitely questionable.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's industrial, because you know Amazon needs to put all these things in places. Industrial, and... it, it, it would check
0: off more boxes than the others. Mm-hmm. Storage, storage would check yeah, the boxes there you off, go, yeah, because right? people have stuff. But, but the one that checks off the most boxes, and I understand it, mm-hmm. I mean, look, I wish I was buying industrial the last 10 years, mm-hmm. but but I don't understand everything, right? So, sure. so I just gotta buy what I understand. If you don't understand it, you know, th- this is the problem with real estate. People don't understand it, so they don't put enough in it. Mm-hmm. Just like the stock market. Okay. You know, if you knew Netflix for new, new, new for sure, well, you'd have everything in it, not something in it. Sure.
1: Makes sense. Okay. So moving on here. All right. I've heard you said before that fear is an indicator, right? So yeah. fear is an indicator to do something or maybe not do something. What does that mean to you?
0: Fear, you know, if I'm having fear, it means either I need to move towards something and go do this, or I need to learn more. Okay. But, but either way, it's going to require me to do something. Fear, fear is an indication of either, hey, I need to challenge myself. The middle, the middle class is trying to avoid fear. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the middle class, okay? And, and the whole premise of the middle class is I want to be comfortable. Right. Comfort is not where your growth is. Yep. So <clears throat> fear is an indication and should be a desired state. Not one that you avoid, but one that you actually embrace.
1: Yeah. And that's something that I've tried to embrace because I heard you say it and when I actually implement it in my life and I say, hey, I'm afraid to call this person, I'm afraid to do this or that and the other. And it's not something like fear of yeah, necessarily getting hurt physically or this or that, but if you're afraid of failure, that's probably an indication that you need to go and tackle that head on. Would you agree with that?
0: Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And, and, and cause you're gonna come out, you know, the greatest asset in the world is probably courage. Mm-hmm. So like a person that has courage, Oh my God, they're so dangerous. Mm-hmm. So, so if you can, if a person, and the only way to get courage is to operate through fear. Y- right. You can't get courage by avoiding fear. You get it. You only get it when you, you know, when you go do things that are scary. Mm-hmm. So the customer, the customer that you're most scared to call is probably the one that's most likely to buy from you. It's
1: mm-hmm. interesting how that works. Yeah. So, who inspires you to be better? Man, good question. Like, do you have a mentor? You know,
0: I get inspired by, like, I am easily inspired. I look for people in society to inspire me. So it could be a ball game. It could be the news. It could be a building. Mm -hmm. I actually wake up in the morning. When I get in a car, I make a decision. I'm going to find someone or something that inspires me to do something greater. I'm I'm looking for reminders of my potential. Mm-hmm. So you know you know if you don't do that, what happens is, if I didn't do that, I would still be selling cars in Lake Charles, Louisiana. But but because I continue to look to look for people to look up to that have done more than I have, uh, they they're all over society. It costs nothing to learn from these people. Uh, I see Warren Buffett at what 80 plus years old, still doing his dance. You know, amazing. it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So 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 those are things, a, a, a lot of these people mentor me, you know, mentor me from a distance. They don't even know they're doing it. I read their books, I watch their interviews.
1: Okay, cool. And so do you have, I mean, is there, cause there's so much talk about having a mentor in business, yeah. real estate, everything. I'm curious, do you have one or, you know, how do you view mentors?
0: Yeah, I, I think mentors, I think if you look in society, the people that do the best have somebody touching them on the shoulders. It's not until those master classes in college or universities mm-hmm. until it's down to five or six students and the professors, you know, putting his hand on your shoulder that you really get the massive results from, from, from that, that system of education because mm-hmm. it's that direct contact. Right. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I don't have anybody that I go sit down with, uh, physically. That's very, very difficult to do. Very expensive, uh, uh, uh probably a a impractical use of resources. But I have a lot of people that I study from a different, not a lot of people, I shouldn't say that. Two or three people. um, Warren's one of them. I study everything Warren does. What's he investing in today compared to what he was investing in 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 his fifties, even though I'm not a stock guy. And he's not a stock guy either. He doesn't buy stocks. He buys, he makes major moves on companies. Mm -hmm. So so that's somebody that you have 40 or 50 years of, of a guy's career that all it's it's available for anyone at no cost Mm -hmm. to say what were the moves this guy was making at 50 55 60 65 elon musk here's a guy that's coming up watching this guy move through challenges with the sec to go into space to do doing tunnels to you know to the adversary uh, or the controversy that he goes through how he handles and manages all that
1: I think that's really powerful that you can be mentored from a distance. You don't even have to sit down or even interact with the person. You can take what they've created and let it mentor you.
0: Yeah, but it, but it takes a lot of time and energy. I
1: got gotcha. you.
0: So, so, like, see, people want – people People are lazy. No, no offense. But, sure. And I think they're lazy because they have not had a lot of success with some of these attempts. Like education. Look at education. I mean, 17 years. I spent 17 years in schools and, and could not – Get a job when I got out of college. Did not know how to balance a checkbook, had no money when I finished, and no clue of how I was going to pay the debt back that I owed the government. So when you do 17 years of schooling and somebody comes to you later and says, let's go to class, let's read a book, you should learn something. I'm like, yeah, no, I already did that. You know, it'd be like trying to talk me into doing drugs again. Right. I'm like, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, so people have had such a negative experience, such a costly experience with education, uh, 1.4 trillion dollars worth of debt, uh, with very little results that they're like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to go learn from somebody. But, but the way I'm learning is, is I am selecting who I learn from. I am, I am for the first time in my life, I get to pick the class, the person and what I get from it. And that, that's what
1: I call mentoring. Well, I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. I like it like that. I like it like that. All right. So you're 61? 61, 61 years yes, old? Yes, sir. 61 and in phenomenal shape. How important is physical fitness to the entrepreneur? Uh,
0: you know, it's not important as long as everything's working. But the moment the body starts working and you got attention on your joints and your ankles and your shoulders and your lower back, mm-hmm. uh, you don't have attention on your business. Right. You can't have attention on both. You're not going to be in physical pain and come up with the best ideas. Mm-hmm. So I go to the gym every morning. I went this morning, did an hour this morning. I'm not trying to be a, a Arnold or a Rocky, Rocky or whatever, but, but, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to be, I'm just trying to make sure everything's working. Right. And put, strap a little bit of muscle on top of that bone.
1: Gotcha. And that makes sense. If it's a distraction away from what you're trying to accomplish or your goals, then it needs to be addressed.
0: Yeah, I'm not trying. Look, I'm not trying to be a, a, a Mr. America. I'm trying to, but I'm trying to get my attention off my physical, the unit. Right. That means I, I can't be in pain. And if you don't, if you don't use your, you know, they say use it or lose it. But the truth is, it's worse than that. As you age, uh, I was fortunate enough with whatever DNA I was given. Like I have always kind of been able to get away with not doing a lot of workout. Mm-hmm. But there's an age where you hit a certain age, and all of a sudden there's pain in the body. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's when I started going to the gym, I said, I got to get my attention off the pain and I'm not going to use the drugs and I'm not, I can only chiropractor so much and I can only get so many massages. I mean, if everybody got honest, I mean, the massage is good for 30 minutes. I mean, truth is it's probably good for 15 minutes. The other 45, you're like, you're not getting it right. Mm -hmm. And then, um, working the body out is the single only thing that has ever gotten me out of day-to-day pain.
1: Gotcha. Well, thank you for that. I think it's really important and, and I appreciate the answer. Yeah. And so with that, I think we're about to start wrapping it up. So I want to Uh-oh. thank you so much for, uh, for coming on the show today. It was really, really powerful. I really appreciate it.
0: Dude, you guys are awesome over there. I love San Antonio. You know, I got, I had my first big breakthrough in San Antonio You did when I was doing my seminar business. Sure did. Oh, it was I one of know. the city. It was my second successful city. So I got big love for the Riverwalk, man, and oh, everything yeah. San Antonio.
1: Yeah, if you're ever in town, hit me up. I will, brother. All right, Grant. Thanks again for coming yeah, on the show great. and have a great day. Be great, man. All right. Well, that's it. The interview with Grant Cardone. I hope you uh, learned something, got a little bit inspired, and uh, take that to your professional careers and your investing and everything you do. So uh, don't forget to go to SaberPodcast.com. That's s-a-b-r-e podcast.com go there subscribe to the podcast leave comments reviews ratings let me know who you want me to talk to what kind of questions and topics you want me to talk about because i'm here for you all right let's tailor this to your needs and your wants and uh, i want to create value and and help everyone out here in san antonio all right so subscribe and we'll see you next time on the san antonio business and real estate podcast